Welcome to the Dynasty Force Podcast with your hosts, Billy Brisbane and Robert Mantuano. And welcome in, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning back into another episode of the Dynasty Force Podcast. Here with you again. This is Wednesday, April 14th. 2021 with another exciting rookie edition episode talking about some wide receivers here today with my buddy my pal and the ever so delightful trey tindall at ff superflex guru on twitter how's it going buddy it's going good had yesterday off i have today off Uh, (laughs) usually i join halfway through because i'm at work but uh Glad I can join in from the beginning and just have some fun. Yeah, man, definitely. It's been it's been too long since you've been here from the beginning on, and and that's how we want you. That's it's how nice we to need have you. like a decent intro, like from the beginning. You know, right? You know where we're at. You know where we we're, we're starting and everything. Exactly. Definitely. Um, Billy has some things that he's taking care of. And say, me moment. and Billy are reversing roles. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Um, Speaking of Billy, uh, we're actually getting started, and Billy is just getting set up. So I'll give him a few minutes to get really set up and and get ready to come in. Um, But once Billy is in, we will basically, you know, we don't have a ton of news to talk about today. It's kind of a slow time here in the um, NFL right now, leading up to the Mm -hmm. rookie draft. So we are instead, basically this whole show, we're going to be talking about the NFL rookie wide receivers coming in. We're going to have to talk about some of them. And as I mentioned, Billy was getting ready and we are going to tune in with Billy here. Bill. What's up boys. At getting bills on Twitter live here. Uh, Billy, who's your friend next to you? Uh, my friend Vinny. You know he had to come in. Uh, Scar, you remember Scar, right? Scar, had to uh, he was in one of my ganja. leagues, right? Yeah, he was in one of your leagues. He had to drop off some ganja, so you know, had the delivery man come through. Got to, got to show love to the delivery man out there in the world. Yeah, dude, the Definitely. middle man is always the best man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just Definitely, will be a fun episode. Uh, yeah, so we we will 100% be in on the rookie uh, rookie wide receiver fever for this episode. Um, yeah, I, I like I said, there's not a lot of news to talk about. The one piece of news that I will bring up on the podcast here is going to be Julian Edelman and his retirement. He was cut by the New England Patriots for um, a failed physical and you know there was a whole bunch of things coming out on Twitter about how he couldn't really play a full season again because of his knee issues that were you know just adding up over time so he has retired now you know congrats on a great career I guess probably not Hall of Fame worthy I think it said he's not even eligible because he I don't think he ever made a Pro Bowl but um I mean, which makes sense because I don't think he he played like one. I don't even think it was a full season. I think the most games he's ever played in the season is like twelve games. Well, I will give Julian Edelman credit because he broke his single receiving game record last year with Cam Newton, who can't throw touchdowns. So I thought that was a pretty remarkable stat. And he probably just thought it's about time to wrap it up. I already got the career accolades and stuff like that. And he's older right. than a lot of the. He's way past the wide receiver age apex. Yeah, I want to say he's like 34, something like yeah, that. So yeah, he, he is. Yeah. yeah he the wide receiver is age apex is like 28, man. That's, that's a, I feel like the wide receiver age apex is like 28, 30 if you didn't really play too much in your early career. And he's like 34. So anything that you get out of him was lucky. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, I mean, shout out Jules. I don't want to talk too much more about the or a main piece in the killer of the Falcons Super Bowl run. Um, instead, we're just going to move on here and get into the meat 
and potatoes of the episode as promised rookie wide receivers which is nice that we can spend most of our episode talking about these guys because there's a lot to talk about there's a lot of rookie wide receivers coming in who can and likely will make an impact um they're you know heading into last year the rookie wide receiver core was very hyped up heading into 2014 uh same thing that rookie class was super hyped up I feel like the same thing is going on here where there's a lot of top end talent. There's a lot of mid tier talent. There's even, even some depth there. Um, so, you know, we have another situation here where this is another good rookie class coming in. There's a lot to talk about. So let's just kick it off here. Let's just, let's just start hot. We'll start at the top mm-hmm. and we'll start we have a consensus rank. Actually, let me pull it up real quick. But I do know that our number one overall wide receiver is the number one overall wide receiver for all three of us. Just like last week, too, if you did not notice on last week, we had the player profiler page for the players up. So I will be doing that same thing again here. Uh, so where, check it out you know, on as, YouTube if you're listening. Definitely. Definitely on YouTube, which you can find uh, Dynasty Force Podcast on YouTube. Or if you want to check our video out live on Twitter, the Twitter is at Dynasty Force Podcast or at Dynasty Force Pod on Twitter. Sorry about that. But the player profiler for our number one consensus rank wide receiver, Jamar Chase, wide receiver out of LSU, which I don't really think it's too much of, of a surprise. A lot of people tend to have Jamar Chase as their number one wide receiver. Um, six foot, 200 pounds almost exactly, which isn't, you know, super huge, but it's a, it's a really good size for a wide receiver. Um, let me Let me head over to Billy first here. Number one overall guy for Billy. And I, I just want to hear what you like about Jamar Chase so much. Dude, Jamar Chase, man, you lucky I don't have my computer in front of me because we can look up some stats and stuff like that. Man, I feel like Jamar Chase is one of those situations that we need to like really highlight for the future. We need to stop disrespecting college athletes because they opt out for a year and stuff like that. Because I've seen a lot of people drop him down in their rankings because he opted out his senior year. If you look at his production, his junior and his uh, sophomore years and stuff like that, if you compare that to Justin Jefferson, we saw how Justin Jefferson lit up the league this year. When the GMs and stuff were looking at the LSU scouting games, they were going there for Justin Jefferson and asking themselves, who the fuck is this kid on the other side of the field? And that was Jamar Chase. Now we get him a year healthy. Um, I think there's some. I think there's some weird bias with these wide receiver rankings. If you look at my top five wide receiver rankings, and it's definitely not the consensus top five. Um, Jamar Chase. When you look at it broad view perspective wise, if you're in a non super flex league, I would even arguably take him over a running back. I think he'll be a top fifteen wide receiver draft pick once we get into the redraft season. Interesting, very interesting, especially the year one perspective on it. Um, you can see the production here. Uh, his freshman year was not fantastic, but like if you look at it and you're like, oh, how how did he do? But I mean, not a ton of prospects really do super well in their freshman year. Um, he played in ten games, twenty nine targets, twenty three catches. His sophomore year is really where he took off here. Uh, that was the big Joe Burrow college breaking or college record breaking year where 84 catches on 111 targets 1780 yards and 20 almost 20 percent target share in that offense he was just in incredible 20 receiving touchdowns too just a fantastic year from jamar chase and as billy mentioned he opted out last season and people are, are down on Chase because of his opting out. But I actually think it's, it, it was very impressive to see what Chase did, especially in an offense, too, that featured Justin Jefferson, who was such a talented player and did so well. Um, in, you know, in that same offense, you have Jamar Chase, who who's the clear number one. Like He was the first read. He was the X receiver. He was the, the main guy. And... Um, you know, we, we see what Justin Jefferson has become in the NFL. It also gives you hope for how good Jamar Chase can become. Anything you want to throw in here, Trey, on, on Jamar Chase, who, you know, 
he he's a he's got a lot to like about him. Yeah, honestly, he's either going to go to the Miami Dolphins at six or the Bengals at five. I feel like um, they're going to be choosing between him or Kyle Pitts. The Dolphins are. Um, I don't know if I. I feel like that's a good landing spot for him, depending on how big of a jump tour can make in his sophomore year. But I like Jamar Chase as a number one. We all had him as number one, uh, like you said, Rob. Um, player profiler has a comparison as Odell Beckham Jr. I like that. Um, they're both shifty. Uh, Jamar Chase isn't overwhelmingly huge at at, at only six foot, um, but he is pretty quick, and uh, I like the Odell Beckham comparison. And uh, another thing too, um, Jamar Chase is very very good at getting off of press coverage, and in college that's something that tends to translate well to the NFL. Jamar Chase, if he is the you know the high end draft pick that a lot of people expect him to be. Um, he will be seeing a lot of press coverage, so it's nice to know that he'll be able to get off of that and uh, you know move on from there. I I really don't think there's too much more to say about Jamar Chase. He's um he's really you know most people's number one wide receiver. He's all three of ours. Uh, some people like Devonta Smith more than Jamar Chase, but I know. You know, generally, a lot of people like Jamar Chase more than uh, more than Devonta Smith. So in that sense, Jamar Chase is going to be our number one wide receiver. Um, Yeah, I mean, upside, the upside is real, too, for Jamar Chase. I, I think that's something that we also need to hammer home is that like Jamar Chase has that consistent, you know, top five every year option at the tight end or at the wide receiver position. I'm sorry. Um, where, you know, he in fantasy football, you're in redraft leagues and you know, you're, you're looking like we currently look right now, Devonte Adams, Deandre Hopkins, Michael, well, not Michael Thomas really at the moment, but um, you know, options like that, where you look at the top end and you're like, man, who who's consistently here. Who's always going to be an option and I think further down the line, definitely Jamar Chase has that upside to be in that conversation consistently. The one thing I would say about Jamar Chase is I really don't care about his landing spot. I think he's one of the rare people in the draft class, especially at the wide receiver position. Landing spot really determines where you get drafted. And I feel like Jamar Chase, wherever he goes, he's going to be relevant. So I know some people are scared off about the Dolphins because they just got Will Fuller and they have Devontae Parker still. I It doesn't matter. Wherever he goes, he will be force-fed the ball. Interesting. I I can definitely agree with that, too. When First of all, because of investment, he's going to be a top-10 pick in the draft, definitely. Could definitely be top-5, too, with Cincinnati if he goes there. But also because of talent, he's he's just too good, and he's got too much potential. I just hope he doesn't go to you know a. a I don't even know where a poor landing spot for him would be because I think no matter, like Billy said, no matter where he goes, he's going to be force fed the ball. He's going to be a featured option. So um, from there, I I think we can move on from Jamar Chase. I didn't mention it for Jamar Chase though. I should have. But, I mean, it also didn't really matter from a lot of what we were uh, talking about, his play style. But there's a few uh, numbers. When you're looking at player profilers, a few numbers that tend to translate well for wide receivers into the NFL. Um, you know, like if, if a player does well in these these areas, then they tend to do well in the NFL. So uh, the first one of those stats would be the college dominator rating, which basically says, you know, how much of the team's totals, re- team total receiving yards and touchdowns were they, you know, how, like how much of the receiving offense did they account for? I believe Jamar Chase's dominator rating was sizably high, at least in his second season. I know for a fact it was. And then another stat that really sticks out is the breakout age. I I don't know how many statisticians out there um, love the. I mean, I know tons of them love the the breakout age and and just corresponding that with so many uh, great talents in the NFL who have uh, a great breakout age. Basically, it's you know when a player gets 
I, I don't know, Billy might be able to correct me on this one, but I believe it's 20% target share when they accumulate 20% target share in a college-style offense. Is that right, Bill? Yeah, but I don't know. Some of the I feel like with the LSU kids, you can't really look at some of their numbers because Joe Burrow yeah. put up best college statistical season ever. So some of those numbers are inflated there. Because I remember last year before Clyde Edwards-Alaire went in the first round, remember everybody was talking about uh, he benefited from the Joe Burrow offense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for some, and he means that more for uh, Jamar Chase and Terrace Marshall, who Terrace Marshall we will talk about a little later on the show. But um, breakout age two is is basically saying when they hit that point, that's when they start to become a featured option in the offense. And the younger that your breakout age is, the better it translates into the NFL. Um, and then the final thing is production. Just basically how good a player does in college, they tend to do really well in the NFL. I mean, it's it's it just makes sense at that point. If you can produce in college, you can produce in uh, the NFL. So, in mentioning that, let's talk about someone who uh, was insane with his production in 2020. Well, I, was it 2021? I guess it's 20. 20 season right uh yeah 2020 season yeah think, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah last season in college last season in college football um heisman trophy winner Devonte smith who is our consensus 2.66 so he's not quite our number two player for everyone i and trey both have him as our number two wide receiver and uh billy has him at number four so a little lower rank than uh the rest of us here but you see Devonta smith here he's the same height as jamar chase but he's still 30 pounds lighter that's obviously a big knock on him as you can imagine and then another knock on him quickly is the breakout age here you can see at 20.8 but i mean when you put up a season the way that Devonta Smith did last season, 117 catches on 147 targets, 1,856 yards, 34.6% target share, 23 touchdowns. It, it just it just does not get any better at the wide receiver position. And he, he was the first wide receiver to win the Heisman in a really long time. So first, let me head to Trey. Trey, what stood out to you when you were watching Devonta Smith or, or when you were stat studying the stats for Devonta Smith, what, what really jumped out to you and made you love the prospect? Um, I saw a tweet either yesterday or the day before that had, that said in the NCAA history, he is the fourth highest touchdown percentage. I think it was like 1.6 something or 1.8 uh, touchdowns per game. And I thought that was pretty wild. And then also his route running. I, I know Alabama wide receivers like Amari Cooper are known for their route running. And I think Devonta Smith is even better than Amari Cooper when it comes to the route running. Um, the thing that stands out is obviously his weight. He's uh, over 30 pounds lighter than Jamar Chase, but I know he makes up for that with uh, how he runs his routes. I mean, um, that's something that really translates to the NFL and, with you talking about his breakout age, I, it's hard to really give that as a knock to him because yeah, he was again. behind so many good wide receivers right. in in Alabama. Yeah. So, I mean, he really was struggling to get on the field early, but um, you could tell he learned a lot from the people that were there before him, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, last year, um, and I believe two years, well, yeah, because he's a senior, right? Um, yep. Two years before. For that even so we had on the same offense jerry judy who's who was a first round pick henry ruggs who was a first round pick devonta smith who will be a first round pick and jalen waddle who again we'll talk about him in a little bit but he will be a first round pick as well so mm -hmm. um yeah i talent on the offense and and as billy mentioned with the lsu guys it's hard to kind of give a knock on breakout age and college dominator when they're all on the same offense because it's it it's like cutting into the same pie. Like if you think about it in a perspective, it's hard to have one player take so much of the pie when 
there's all these great players around them. You know, it, it just doesn't seem to work out that way. But Billy actually had to have, I had to have Billy here for this specifically, but the knocks on Devonta Smith that Billy has in mind, they have to be real. If you have him at four compared Bro, to really one or two, think, I really think all jokes aside, I know that I get it. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. You put out one of the best college statistical seasons ever. When you go on Twitter, the average football fan, the public, all know who the fuck his name is. But honestly, bro, I think he's overrated, dude. And that's the reason why some of these people are slipping in these rookie drafts that you're snagging up at them. Like, if you're in a rookie draft, I think the best pick to have this year is either in the beginning or at the end of the draft of, like, the first round. Because in the beginning, you can get people like, fucking uh jamar chase at around like third pick if you're your quarterback have you need to get trevor lawrence i guess but then in the back of the first round you get mac jones and i'd rather have mac jones than Devonte smith and that's the reason why i have Devonte smith at four because i feel like exactly like you say some of the people cut into the pie and he was just force fed the ball to get that heisman trophy winner and i think if you look at it bro view perspective wise my hot take of wednesday is Jalen waddles better than Devonte smith mm-hmm. Yeah, Honestly, I don't watch a lot, of, a lot of college football, but all my friends who do watch a, co- a lot of college football said that pre-injury Jalen Waddle was the wide receiver there, not Devontae Smith. But it's hard to really put aside the production that he did while Waddle was gone. Though. It's it's hard to gauge it, but I'm telling you right now, this is like the my rankings are set up for like how I feel, not how they have landed. Because after they landed, that's how you're gonna feel. And if Waddle lands in the right spot, dog, I'm telling you, man, you're getting him at a supreme fucking value. Go look at Pro Football Focus and look at, like, how they, like, explain different things and stuff like that. I feel like it's a good way if you don't really watch college tape and stuff like that. And you compare the two, bro, view perspective-wise, man. There's just where he's being drafted at and where I think the talent pool is at wide receiver. I think there's a huge drop-off from one to two. I feel um, like I, I'm trying to figure out how to word what exactly I want to say. I, I think too, it could be like a preemptive guess on landing spot because Devonta Smith has been talked about a lot for the Detroit Lions pick, which I believe is number seven because it's very realistic that the Detroit Lions are sitting there without the option to draft Panay Sewell. Um, Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts, and then and and they need an offensive piece like that. So they could just sit there and say, okay, well, you know, we're good at quarterback for right now ish to where we don't really want to draft a guy like Mac Jones. We we'd rather take a guy like Devonta Smith and build for the long term at the wide receiver position, which they do really need a wide receiver. I mean, their core right now is being led by Rashad Perriman and Tyrell Williams. So yes, wide receiver help is important for them. <laughs> Make sure you timestamp that two twenty three minutes into the podcast because that might be an actual bet. Devontae Smith going to the lines. Make sure you, I just had to cut you off to say that. Uh, no, I, I feel actually, you. That actually might be like a pretty good prop to bet on because that's what NFL drafts two weeks away. If you look at the NFL draft, the bets that have like really been big have been Mac Jones going number three and stuff like that. Right. But I feel like the value in the draft right now is like getting these wide receiver landing spots. Like last year, uh, I was living at my brother's house in Philly, and uh, one of the dudes that he lives with worked for a uh, huge fucking – I think it's called like – it wasn't pro football focus. It was like fucking um, one of those websites or whatever, and he said Jalen Rager was going to go to the Eagles. And we bet that prop, dude. Drove to New Jersey, whole nine. It was like a plus 350 prop. That shit hit. And those are the type of props I feel like you can get at the NFL draft. Like, talking this kind of stuff out and just, like, thinking, like, Devontae Smith right. to the Lions, that's really if, – if that's, like, plus 200, dude, you could put, like, 10 bucks on that and win, like, a solid amount back. Definitely, yeah. I And, and that's, too, another reason why I love having Bill on the podcast because Bill is the type to think, you know, prop bet-wise and try and make you – a little bit of money here and there too, because it's not all in the regular season. Um, that ass, yeah, man. like it's you mentioned, with, with the, the season. with the uh, you know with these little little prop prop bets, it's not always easy to you know just 
assume or guess or whatever. But like Devonta <laughs> Smith is, I mean, if he is the only sort of player there for the Lions at, at seven, then it's more than just a guess. They they really need a wide receiver. They really need to give Jared Goff some weapons. All right, and, well, um, it, it would looks fit in like. Well. Uh, drafted in the top 10, Devontae Smith is minus 115 and Jalen Waddle is even right now. Interesting. Ooh, I'm telling yeah. you, the sports books are on the Waddle wave too. They think he's going to go high. Interesting. I don't know, actually. And and we can we can head right into that because um, I think we covered basically everything that we could cover on uh, Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle is our third uh wide receiver on the consensus ranks. He is actually number three, if I can find the uh, the Jalen Waddle tab here. There we go. Um, he is actually number three in our consensus. Uh, I believe, let me see, let me check. So Trey had him at number three. I believe I had him at number four, and Bill had him at number two, which, which evens him out. So differing opinions there on Jalen Waddle. Um, uh, there's a few things that stick out, um, but I mean, basically, whatever you see here, I the one I want to highlight, and I know what I said that I would highlight before, but the one I really want to highlight here is the college yards per reception, 21.1. That, that's just elite, man. Um, <laughs> elite, dog, elite. Elite. Uh, Bill, go on, just just dive in on, on Jalen Waddle, because I know you want to. Oh man, hashtag Waddle baby, Waddle baby, Waddle baby. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, Waddle is the reason uh, why I've been like flipping picks because, like, that's the type of name that I don't think people are going to be looking at on draft day at the end of the first round because you know how the end of the first round is. It's just kind of like more a feel than actual ADP. And mm-hmm. man, I'm telling you right now, we're just, I don't want to expose it too much. But draft Waddle this offseason, I'm telling you. It's going to be – you're going to be singing that fucking song. Waddle, baby, Waddle, baby, Waddle, baby. Let's go. Plus, you can all uh, the name Jaylen your team Waddle. that as well. I yeah, know, you could. dude. Waddle, baby, Waddle, baby. That might be a team name for next year, man. <laughs> um, I, I have to be here as the, the one who's the lowest on him. I have to be here to point out the negatives on Jalen Waddle. Nah, here, here goes the I have, I have no here choice. I have no here choice. He's, just, he's a 22-year-old kid. It's 2021. The way injuries work, people are rehabbing way quicker and way faster than what they have before. I'm telling you right now, the young kids these days are coming in here and they're balling. And I think that player comparison's wrong. John Brown is not the player comparison. I think he's his player comparison, 22 years old, uh, you know who that reminds me of coming out of college? Go on. Juju Smith-Schuster. I think that's the player comparison for Jalen Waddle. And Juju had one of the best rookie seasons ever coming into the NFL when he played uh, across John, I mean Antonio Brown that one year. And right. I just feel like, man, Waddle is – I think Waddle's the best value out of the people. Maybe I, Maybe when I did my rankings – it could go down a little bit more on draft day after we see the landing spot. But I think like pure upside, because that's what you want at the wide receiver position. Running backs last week is more of like stableist, but I feel like wide receiver, you gotta take your shots. Yeah. Um I like like I said, I had to talk about the downsides of Waddle and you mentioned the injuries. I would also mention the size, five nine, one eighty. He does play bigger than his size, but it is still something to bring up. And then we've also mentioned, I, man, it, it sucks how we've just talked about nothing but LSU and Alabama wide receivers to this point where I say like college <laughs> dominator and breakout age are kind of low, but then at the same time, like look who they're playing around. Um, I don't really think that John Brown as a comp does justice for Jalen Waddle. So I agree with you on that, Bill, and I am the lowest on, on Waddle. So saying that, um, who does, I don't know. I wouldn't say Henry Ruggs as a comp for Jalen Waddle, but they can have that same sort of ceiling. Like if, if they were to both hit their ceiling, I feel like it would be similar. But 
I think Waddle is a better all-around talent. I think Waddle can do more on the football field. And I don't dislike Jalen Waddle. And I want to make that clear. Just having having him at four. I just think that like comparing him and the two two upper tier guys like Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, and I also have Rashad Bateman ahead of him, a little uh little hint there. But <laughs> I just think personally that the injury risk might be a little like I think that's kind of the tiebreaker, especially between him and Bateman. Um, but like if he hits his ceiling, I he's he's he could be up there with Jamar Chase in how fantastic he consistently is for fantasy football. Trey, anything else you want to add here? The kind of what side would you prefer to be on between me and Bill here? I mean. I have Waddle at three. I would probably lean Billy, I guess, just because, I mean, I do think Waddle is going to be really good. I don't think he will be better than Devonta Smith. I don't like that Waddle's uh, only 5'9". That kind of limits his upside in the NFL. Um, but if he lands on a good team that will use him, um, I think he could really pop off like what Billy said. Uh, so I think wide receiver three is a good spot for him. Um Tucked, tucked right behind Devonta Smith. Right. Um, I think Waddle is kind of, I'm going to say the scariest prospect for potential landing spot because I feel like for certain players, right? Like, let, let me think. Um, number four, five, six, let's say seven at Detroit. I think like, those would be fine. Carolina, even, I'd be fine with that, too. But then nine for the Broncos. I I mean, that would clog things up. I don't know how I would feel about that. Dallas is very unlikely. New York Giants, I don't know. Would they Would they pull the trigger? Maybe after drafting, uh, or I'm sorry, signing Kenny Galladay. That'd be really nice. The Eagles at uh, 12, I'd. I mean, he, there's an opportunity, but no wide receiver has really done well for the Eagles. I uh, think the Eagles the- are probably going to choose between Waddle or Smith if any one of them's going there. They need to pair Rigger up with somebody good. Mm-hmm. Um, the Chargers are a potential landing spot too, which which could be good. Uh, the Raiders are, are actually no. I'm sorry. The Vikings are at 14. Um, the Patriots are at 15. Where if it were the Patriots specifically, I I would probably feel very against Waddle because of their current situation. Um, I mean, just just going down the list, there is a like especially in the mid mid first round. I want to highlight being like it could be really good for Jalen Waddle. He could really get an opportunity. Like if he if he were to go to Philly, he would really get an opportunity, and he would have potential with someone who likely can get him the ball but if he were to go to a landing spot like new england that just kind of destroys all of his potential immediate value and then Mm -hmm. you you have to hope that they can figure out the quarterback position in the long term um especially because that would mean if they were drafting Jalen model they're not drafting a quarterback early so you don't know who the long-term quarterback is. They they would really be running it back with Cam in that situation. So you would have have concern for the long term. But one final thing I, I also want to point out with wide receivers in general is they are easier to buy if they aren't in a great landing spot at the same time as like like being the most landing spot dependent player they're also the easiest to buy because their careers tend to last so long that you know you want to bet on the talent you believe someone's talented they you would believe that they can eventually overcome and and shine when a situation brightens up but you know certain landing spots it depends on the landing spot though because like there's certain places like i don't know the Jets, where just year after year they suck and they yeah, can't honestly, figure the it Jets, out. The Jets are interesting because the Jets they got would, it would be interesting now with Zach Wilson and uh, Corey Davis and and 
Denzel Mims with other people around them. So that would make things different. But you you don't want it to go like potentially Houston, right? Like who knows what's happening with Deshaun Watson or, mm-hmm. um, you know, D- Houston wouldn't even come close to Jalen Waddle. But the point that I'm trying to make is like, unless they go to an absolute dumpster fire of a franchise, I don't think you should be really completely off of any talented wide receiver. But at the same time, the landing spot can determine a lot when you're ranking players at the top. Um, so if that makes any sort of sense, I hope I hope it does. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Waddle. I, I think Waddle, though, has the upside to be the best wide receiver out of this draft class, though. Um, it depends on the landing spot, the usage, and if he can stay healthy or not. And I think Billy did a good point in highlighting that as well. So... Um, I think we can move on here from Jalen Waddle. He was our number three in our consensus. And we had another player right behind him, 3.33 in our consensus ranks here. Uh, this is going to be Minnesota wide receiver Ron, or not, <laughs> I was going to say Rondale Moore. That was wrong. Rashad Bateman, um, like I said, 3.3 in our consensus ranks. Um I, I really liked for what I saw of Rashad Bateman. And I do believe that I was the highest on Bateman. Uh, Trey had him at four. I had him at three. And Billy had him at three as well. So actually, Billy and I were equal on Bateman. And Trey was just a little lower. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the stats that I wanted to highlight earlier with college dominator rating, as you can see here, 43.7%, which is 88th percentile. Um College breakout age, 18.8, which is 94th percentile. And then the production that you can find down here, um, five games in 2020. So not you know, the best for, for that year, obviously. But you could see that he was on an upward trajectory here. 60 receptions, uh, 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns in his sophomore campaign. So let me kick it to Trey first here. What are your what are your thoughts on Rashad Bateman? I know you're a little lower on him than the rest of us. Is there a reason for that? Is there any concern for you about Rashad Bateman? No, it's just mainly more of the people that I have above him. I have Rashad Bateman, uh, the top guy of the next tier. Um, so I have it as Tr- uh, Chase and Smith as a tier one, uh, Waddle by a tier himself, and then Bateman, uh, and then the next guy I have in his tier by himself as well. Um, but, you know, if you just look at that breakout age and that college dominator, that kind of just speaks for himself. Uh, the landing spot I really want him to land in is Kansas City. Um, I pro- he's he's definitely not going to go to them. But if they want to reach on, I mean, if they want to grab him in the first round, if he's still there, I think that would be a really good landing spot for him. Um, he was really on pace to break all of his records that he did the previous two seasons this year. Um, but he didn't play the, the games that he was supposed to. Um, but I like Bateman. He's pretty big at six foot one ninety, so he has the size to really compete. Um, they have his comparison as Stephon Diggs. Um, I don't quite see him as shifty as Stephon Diggs, but um, that's a kind of fair comparison, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think another point with Rashad Bateman too. I mean, I, I think it, he's more of a late first round prospect. Like, if he's going to go in the first round, he'll probably go uh, 20s or 30s, I think. So, I think that kind of can help him a little bit because a lot of the teams in that range are bad teams. Or, I'm See, sorry, if sorry. If he lands with good like teams. the Saints or like the Kansas City, I think that'll be a really good spot. Right. For him. Right. That's not to say that there are only good teams in that range because um, the Ravens can snag him. (laughs) Right. Ravens, that's who. (laughs) That's scary. Um, The Chicago Bears have the 20th pick. That's Mm -hmm. another option. And, you know, opposite Allen Robinson, that's really not something that you're excited about. Um, Whoa, you got Andy Dalton throwing the ball, though. Come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm just gonna avoid that one right there. Um, so there are like, 
uh, Pittsburgh, another option, uh, probably not going to happen, but it could, it could, you never know. Um, but basically there are negative landing spots in that range, but I feel like there are less negative landing spots. Like you mentioned New Orleans as a potential landing spot, um, Kansas city, I'll mention a few others. I like Indianapolis as a potential landing spot. That would give him a lot of opportunity. Tennessee would also be really good. Uh, they really only have AJ Brown at the moment. So signing another, or I'm sorry, drafting another player, I think is inevitable at some point they're going to have to, um, the jets are drafting a 23 from Seattle. Uh, so that's another potential spot. The Packers at 24, um, actually, I, I lied. The Packers, this is a projected mock trade. So the Packers are at 29. So that's still potent, That's still possible, mm-hmm. though. Um, the Jaguars at 25, another option. Like, there, there are basically more potential outcomes for Rashad Bateman to land in a good spot, I feel like, than maybe some of the guys like Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, who are all going to be going towards the top 12, I would say, um, and have that potential to land in in a poor location. Um, Bill, is there anything else you kind of want to mention here with Rashad Bateman? Any specific landing spot that you would like best or anything that jumped out to you on film? Um, No specific landing spot. Where do I have him ranked? Four or five? Three. Three, uh, yeah, uh, there's yeah, three, three. Somebody, somebody's really high on him. A uh, person I really respect, so I'm just gonna let him roll with it. And he thinks Rashad Bateman is the best receiver in the class behind Jamar Chase. So I don't know, man. Uh, I think, like you said, landing spot is definitely gonna be a, a big one for him. Um, yeah, I do feel. Uh, it wasn't big dogs got to eat, was it? I did see a video on. No. Uh, I did see a video on that, and and I no, but I've been no, seeing a I lot of people what, high on him. I don't know his Twitter. I wish I could shout out, but it is on YouTube. He made a, a top five wide receiver video, and I do know that Rashad Bateman was his number two ranked uh, wide receiver on that. So, um, yeah, I I did see. I do like him on YouTube though. So if you guys want to check him out there as well, um, BDGE Fantasy Football. It's where you can find them. Um, so yeah, uh, Rashad Bateman. I personally, though, when I was making my top three, I I think like Chase Smith and Bateman to me personally, I think have the wide receiver one statistical pedigree from college, where I can really perceive it happening in the NFL. Waddle was outside of the top three for me. And he was at number four because number one, the injury risk. And I just feel like that land, he will specifically be landing spot dependent too, because if he doesn't have a quarterback that can hit him on the deep ball, like if he lands in New York and Daniel Jones can't hit him downfield, for example, if he lands in new England and Cam Newton can't hit him downfield, then I feel like that takes away the best aspect of Jalen Waddle's game. So I feel like he specifically is more landing dependent than Rashad Bateman, um, Devonta Smith, potentially even Jamar Chase at that point. All right. Um, so Bateman was our number four wide receiver that we talked about, 3.3 in consensus rank. So we have a few more wide receivers to hit on here. And the final one, technically our in our top five, because he's technically number five in our overall ranking. But uh, consensus number would have him at 6.33. It's going to be Purdue. I guess that just goes to show that there's kind of like a drop-off after that or something. Yeah, yeah, basically. Because we went 1, 2.663, And now we're at 6.33. So that's, that's quite a drop. Um, yeah, so... Rondale Moore. Don't ask me why it's a picture of Ant-Man here instead <laughs> of Rondale Moore. I, I guess they're just um, trying to serve him. Poor guy. Um, he is small. <laughs> Rondale Moore, Purdue wide receiver. 5'7", 180. Yeah, 
He is so weighs one more pound than Devonta Smith. <laughs> yeah, despite being what five inches shorter. That's <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, let me see our rankings here. Billy had Rondale Moore at five. I had Rondale Moore at five, and Trey, you technically had him at seven. Honorable mention status. So yes, honorable mention status. So um, Rondale Moore sneaking in here. I think Rondale Moore is kind of, for me at least, I think Waddle has the chance to hit his ceiling much greater than Rondale Moore does. But I think if Rondale Moore hits his ceiling, he's up there with Jamar Chase, with Jalen Waddle for the potential that he has. Excuse me. Um, I, <laughs> you know, you look the four three seven that they say for him, I feel like that really betrays him because I know he was four three three coming out of high school, which was crazy. Um, few things that I can mention here: three point six seven percent college dominator rating which is pretty good um college yards per reception 9.4 which is terrible surprisingly for a uh athlete of rondale moore's caliber and but, doesn't everyone always say he's great after like yards after the catch that doesn't really there is that. there is a specific stat i think i, w- I want to say like 70 percent of his i'm i'm you know, going off the top of my head, so I could be very wrong, but I'm pretty sure that I'm right here that about 70% of his yards, his total yards, are from after the catch. So he is really good after the catch. I'm just not sure why his college yards per reception are so low. Maybe I do know he does catch a lot of screen passes because he is a utility player. He's not like the prototypical receiver in a 5'7, 180. You would imagine that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the breakout age too here, 18.2, that puts him in, in the 99th percentile. He was heavily, heavily used. And when you look at this freshman season that he had, 114 receptions, 1,258 yards, 29% target share, 12 receiving touchdowns. If you want to have a good time, you want to just enjoy yourself, go back and watch 2018 uh, Rondale Moore highlights from Purdue it, it was just it was just a fun time, just a fun time to enjoy it. Since then, he has played two games, uh, or I'm sorry, I lied, seven games, which is not much better. But two games, I don't know. I was looking at receiving touchdowns, uh, so two in that span. But um, I mean, you look at the production over that span, though: twenty nine catches, thirty five catches. He was still very productive in those seven games. So, I mean, that's a good-ish sign, but seven games over two years, it's it's not exciting. Um, let me head to Bill here. If there's anything you want to mention with Rondale Moore, a.k.a. Ant-Man. Um, I think he had a... Let me look. I do know so he had away. hamstring injuries. Uh, that yeah, kept but he had a really good year. 40-yard dash time. That's the only reason why he hit my top five. Not a player I have like a really good feel for. But he's just really so fast, four, three, and seven. he's twenty, and he's twenty years old. So, I mean, I think there's upside for like the long term future. It's just I don't know how much you're gonna get from him early. I feel like I like his best comparable player. I feel like that's pretty accurate. T.Y. Yeah, Hilton. I mean, T.Y. Hilton did have years of fantasy success too. Uh, if you did think that was accurate, um, I personally I think for more, especially him. More than anyone we've mentioned so far, he is landing spot dependent because um, he's the type of player where, like, if he goes to a terrible offense and he's really not used, he's really really not heavily utilized or used in the right manner. Like, he, he honestly was not in these last two years at Purdue. Um, if that happens, then we're going to have a situation where he's going to be a complete bust on our hands. So... Um, I think he's, it, it just depends what, how it works for Rondale Moore, um, how the cookie crumbles. We could say, uh, Trey, is there anything else you want to shout out here for Rondale Moore? I know you have him lower than Bill and I. Yeah, I mean, Bill kind of hit it on the head. Um, but other, other than that, like you said, Rob, uh, the injuries, uh, he didn't really play very many games. 
in the NFL, the best ability is availability, and he has to stay on the stay on the field. And uh, I'm not quite for sure if he'll be able to do that. Um, if he's going to do that in college, I'm not for sure if with the bigger athletes, bigger, stronger, faster athletes, he'll be able to do that in the NFL. Um, but, I mean, it's kind of just like we said about with Waddle. If he lands in the right situation and gets used, he could pop off. Um, like you said, Rob, his ceiling is kind of high, um, he, but his floor is also pretty low, um, yeah. kind of like Hollywood Brown. Definitely. I, I actually really like the Hollywood Brown comparison, um, though I do believe Hollywood is more talented personally uh, yeah, at sure. the wide receiver position. So, yeah, Rondale Moore, he was our number five, and we have a few honorable mentions here um, specific to certain players here or I'm sorry, people here, I should say, uh, who wanted to highlight them. Let's start with a third, well, I mean, fourth, technically, fourth player from either Alabama or LSU um, at the wide receiver position, Terrace Marshall, wide receiver. He's not in our top five, but I guess technically it would be like sixth, I guess. I had him at six, I believe. Actually, yeah, Trey had him at five, so he would uh he would be a little out there. And then I don't believe Billy had him in his top six. So, um, yeah, for Terrace Marshall, I mean, it's impressive to me his breakout age and his dom- dominator rating, even though he is in a position where he's got he's competing with Justin Jefferson and um. Jim, Jamar Chase for targets. So he, he was still able to produce 6'2", 205, so he's the biggest uh, player that we've looked at. I just think he's a safer sort of prospect than, um, let's say, Rondale Moore, maybe Jalen Wall. I mean, in I'm going to say in 99% of situations, I'm willing to take the chance on Jalen Model over Terrace Marshall, but there's going to be a decent amount of situations where I'm looking at in Dynasty and I'd rather take the you know the known commodity and what I believe in for Terrace Marshall over um, taking the shot on a guy like Rondale Moore. Only if I need like absolute upside would I probably take more in that sense or perfect landing spot. Um, Trey you did have Terrace Marshall in your top five. Anything you want to mention here with uh, Terrace? No, mostly just his size and speed. Uh, I think uh, at the LSU Pro Day, he was four three something uh, on here. Yeah. It says four four five. Um, so that's so the four four five. Pro Day says a more four four, uh, four four even. Okay, sweet. Um, that's probably a little bit more close to what he is. But at six two two oh five, that's really impressive. Um, he really dominated with Joe Burrow. Uh, so it's kind of hard to hard to see exactly how good of a of a player he is but i like him uh his size is there um i think he'll be able to translate to the nfl pretty easily um yep. so that's why i had him in the top five i think he'll be valued though because um we've talked about Jalen waddle we've talked about rondale moore and we have a, a few other guys and elijah moore and Kadarius tony to talk about hint hint um but they all tend to be more slot guys and Terrace Marshall, I feel like, is an outside receiver. He's a, a possession guy. So I feel like in a class where the slot really dominates the you know the prospect pool, you have a guy here who should be available on day two. Um, it's probably not day. I don't know. Would he be a day one pick? He could be a day one pick. That's that's an interesting bet that Billy would no, probably he's be not about to be. No, he is not. About to be. <laughs> Go on, you're Billy. Go on. People, you're the giving over a lot under. of people day one for wide receivers, dog. There's not a lot of wide receivers every year that get drafted in the first round, I feel like. There's always like three. Well, last year, what three, was there? Five or six? I th- yeah, I but think the last, was... year, last year was just a specialty type of class. But I also feel like people have been hyping up this class for a while at the same time, too. I have only really mentioned Chase Smith, Waddle, and maybe Bateman as a first-round talent. They have over-under at four and a half. Four and a half wide receivers. Yeah, four and a half wide receivers in the first round. 
Wait, wait, where's the, where's the odds at though? Where's it juice? Uh, over four and a half minus two sixty, under four and a half plus one seventy five. Over, yeah. Right, see now, what I'm over, saying? It's minus yeah, two sixty so to go over to four and a half, bro. That shit's yeah, juice. So over is the favorite, so they're saying that it's more than likely five's going to go than three. Then, but on top of that, though, minus two sixty is not a type of bet that you can bet on straight and win money back. Like yeah. that's usually up to like minus one fifty. That that is swapped to the over four and a half. Like that yeah, is so, minus two sixty for a player prop. Just change it to five. Yeah, I don't know. So I guess like why wouldn't you just change it to five and a half at that point? So they're saying that five wide receivers are gonna go. I don't know Likely. which five those are gonna be, other than the top four that we identified. I don't it's kind of interesting to <sighs> Maybe see. Maybe a throw in or something. Yeah. Or Terrace Marshall. You never know. Um but I, I did want to highlight that it, that he's a different type of receiver than the Rondale Moore, than the Elijah Moore, Kadarius Tony that we'll be talking about. So maybe that premium kind of gives him more value. Maybe. Young Robbie, I do have to go, though. NBA DFS. Enjoy wait, your wait, night, Billy. Hey, wait, Billy, yeah. real quick. What's the lock of the night for NBA? We are 2-0 and so far in the Dynasty Force podcast. Shouts to Rob, because Rob always says, if you're leaving, you got to give me a winner, even though I don't <laughs> even sports bet. Uh, the lock today is, if you can still get this, Philadelphia 76ers minus three and a half first half. All right, let me go see that. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and I, because I'm stupid, who do they play? They play the, the Brooklyn Nets. Nets tonight, and the Nets are shying away from us. They got KD questionable. Harden's already ruled out, and uh, Kyrie might be might be uh, playing tonight. We don't know, or is he ruled out personally tonight? I don't know. It says but Kyrie's Philadelphia. playing. KD <laughs> and Harden are out. It says uh, plus five or minus five. Seventy Sixers minus one ten. First half. Yeah, first half minus five. Damn, yep. that got that got swapped. All right, then the other player I would give will be uh, San Diego Padres first five innings. All right, I'll go check minus a half. Shouts to the taint play of the day. All right, say, thank you, Billy. Bill no doubt, at man. getting bills on Twitter. Uh, and if you would like to bills. follow any of my bets and my action, download the My Action Network app and search William Brisbane, the government name, and you can follow all my picks and get notified whenever I place a bet. What's your first name? Interesting. William Brisbane. Wow. Wow. Crazy. So white. That's when you know. That's when you know. That's when you know it's being tracked. If I have to put the government name on it. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right, See you, Billy. Have thanks. A good night. Thanks. See you, Billy. And catch you later. Um, I think we've talked enough about Terrace Marshall, and uh, yeah, let's let's finish it out here uh, with the Elijah Moore talk. And the Kadarius Tony talk. Well, I can't show share both screens at the same time. Or can I? No, I can't. So let's start with Elijah Moore real quick. 5'9", 178. Uh, Ole Miss wide receiver came in, came on strong, I should say, really after DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown left. Um, you can see the college dominator rating here, 91st percentile. College target share, 96th percentile. And breakout age, 83rd percentile. He has a lot to offer and also ran a 4.35 as per day. You can see the stats here as well. 67 uh, receptions, 850 yards, and six touchdowns in his sophomore season and in his senior season in eight games played, 86 catches, 1,193 yards, and eight touchdowns. In four games less, he easily blew out all of those numbers. And I would attribute Definitely. that to Lane Kiffin. I think Lane Kiffin really helped him out this year. Definitely. Uh, is there anything specific with Elijah Moore that you want to point out, you want to highlight here, uh, Trey? Um, no, just mostly with all the other slot guys. They just got to land in the right spot. Um, with all these guys that run fast and aren't big, they got to land in the right spot where the teams are yeah. going to use them. Yeah. Um, and speaking of landing in the right spot for a team to use him, uh, we also have Florida wide receiver Kadarius Tony here, who I'm going to pull up right now. I will say this. The very first video I saw of him, I was blown away in the first five seconds, and then I laughed in the last second. It was a video of him at the Senior Bowl of him dusting some guy in a route, <laughs> and then he just brick-handed it and dropped it. Like, uh, oh, damn, he's good, but... 
he needs to hold on to that ball. Right. And we've seen that with uh, other downfield threats too, which is kind of concerning too. And a lot of the stats here that you see with Kadarius Tony really don't stand out. 21.6 breakout age. Uh, that's 24th percentile college target share, 28th percentile. And then the dominator rating 30th percentile, really not that exciting. 5'11", 193 for a speedster. That is exciting. I would say, um, I, I really do like his size for how fast he runs. Definitely. Uh, and, and really you look at the three starting years as uh freshman, sophomore, junior campaigns. You really want to try to ignore them um <laughs> but you head into the senior campaign where he really broke out 11 games 70 receptions 984 yards 10 touchdowns 83 percent catch rate which okay i mean if you can do that more that's exciting um i would say i'm i'm not getting great vibes from Kadarius tony it, he's probably someone i'm gonna try and steer away from and the vibes that I'm kind of getting are Rashad <laughs> Perriman related specifically. Where is it because the dreadlocks? Um, it is, yes, specifically because of the dreadlocks. Um, even though his are blonde and Perriman's were, isn't Perriman bald now? I'm pretty sure he's bald. Perriman now. was, <laughs> he had I the biggest was, receding hairline. With I know. The dreadlocks. Was, it was, it he should have been sense. bald. He should have been bald from the start <laughs> with <laughs> that hairline. Um, Thank God Tony doesn't have the hairline that Perriman did. Uh, but also, is like I said, it's dreadlocks or blonde, so it's not so bad. Um, but it's more so like, you know, sizable receiver who's really fast and will probably be overdrafted, mm -hmm. but really his downfall, I think, will be his hands and, and just his raw ability at that point you, you know that's that's personally how i feel i know you wanted to mention tony is there anything else you wanted to mention besides the size the speed and the upside no i mean just uh his agility i mean like it looked like he was a good route runner with all the videos i've seen and with uh, the size he has and the speed um if he can put it all together and uh get his hands working just work on the jugs machine um i think um he could creep into my top five i think i had him at number six so Ooh. Interesting. Very close. Very interesting. Um, can't relate. <laughs> Probably not for me. But that is going to wrap up our wide receiver episode. It's really good that we didn't have a ton of news because we covered so many names at the wide receiver position. Mm -hmm. Next week, we have quarterbacks and tight ends in one episode because there's really not a ton of tight ends to talk about. And we basically... I mean, basically everyone knows how they feel about the quarterback position, especially when it comes to fantasy. You know Trevor Lawrence, you know Justin Fields, you know the big names at the top and at tight end, you know Kyle Pitts, man. I, I feel like it's not going to be a lot of us diving in on, on certain players next week. Um, mm -hmm. Just maybe, you know, highlighting a few deeper names that people may not necessarily know of. And after that, so, you know, next week, the 21st, right? Yes. The 21st, we have um, that episode. The 28th, which is the final episode before the uh, NFL rookie draft. Yes, exciting. Very exciting. Um, more NFL news to talk about by then. Uh, we will have a rookie mock draft for Dynasty live on the podcast. So you will be able to see landing spots and how we feel about certain players there. The very next week after the NFL draft, we're going to have another rookie mock just to show you how landing spots change our opinions on certain players. It really makes an impact, it, it's, oh, yeah. especially at the wide receiver position. It, it can't be understated, the impact of, of landing spot. And, you know, we're going to end up with having hype on certain players um, who we didn't really talk too much about. We're going to end up being sour on certain players that we did talk a little bit about. So um, it's just, you know, the draft process, how it's going to go. So that is something to be on the lookout for. That is our It'll upcoming schedule here. And you can find it all here on Twitter at Dynasty Force Pod. 
Check us out on YouTube as well, Dynasty Force Podcast. Follow Trey on Twitter at FFSuperFlexGuru and myself at FantasyForceFBTrey. You, do you have anything else going on tonight? Anything that the people should know about? No, just got a couple bets going on. Got a couple, uh, you know, just mainly going to be watching uh, Russell Westbrook. Hope he gets that triple-double. I got a lot of money on that. He always does, doesn't he? He <laughs> always keep does. Keep it going. Keep it going. The Wizards uh, are throwing away their season. Russell Westbrook just needs to go for stats at this point. He might as well. He might as well. <laughs> Sounds like the old OKC days, especially. Yeah, the good old days. All right. Trey, very enjoyable episode. And um, hopefully next weekend will be, or next week, I should say, will be just as enjoyable. Until Even then, better. we will see you all next time here at the dynasty force podcast thank you so much for tuning in enjoy your week and uh stay frosty